Welcome to Around the Diamond, Ottawa's source for baseball talk. This is Shortstop Junior Rojo with the Rockland Boulders. This is your boy Reggie Abercrombie. Hey, this is your boy Coop. This is Josh Wood. Hey, what's up? It's your boy Kenny Bryant from the Ottawa Champions. This is Quebec Capital's third baseman and pitcher Lachlan Fontaine. Hey, this is Ottawa Champion second baseman Albert Cartwright all the way from the Bahamas. You're listening to Around the Diamond with my man Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Profiling players' careers and their life outside of baseball. Now, here's your host, Diamond Dante. Seb high and deep to right, and that's out of here! Cartwright, and that's a walk-off single! Albert Cartwright wins the ballgame! Mastro Berti comes in to score! Duarte up the middle, and that's the ballgame! Wilson, the 1-2, big cut, and he struck him out! Wilson back-to-back strikeouts on a slider in the dirt. Tissenbaum swings at that one. And your co-host. Chambers flying into third with a triple. Chambers is back. He looks up and it's off the top of the wall. Fires it back into second base. And they got him. Chambers slaps it the other way. St. Louis Cardinals World Series champion, Adron Chambers. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Welcome to episode 55 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. It's the Ottawa Around the Diamond finale. I am your host, Diamond Dante. Alongside me is our co-host, Corey Mess, who is joining us on Around the Diamond since October 30th when we t- uh, when we spoke with uh, Claude Peltier of the New York Mets. And, and that was a really fun or com- funny conversation with uh, Claude Peltier, the last time you joined us on the show. But again, Corey, it's nice to have you in studio for the last Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9 before I pack my bags and move out to Toronto. I'm honored to be here, Dante. I, I couldn't miss it. Uh, um, uh, so, I'm yeah, I'm excited to uh, to talk with you a little. Uh, um, and, and how do you feel, Dante, uh, feel about to good. move out there? Well, yeah. I haven't announced it yet on Around the Diamond. I haven't said it. So, uh, folks, moving out to Toronto, just got a uh, communications assistant uh, job, so I'm going to be working with the, the comms department with the Toronto Blue Jays of the uh, the major leagues, and it uh, turns out I might cross paths with the guests that might join us later on the show. Uh, so, Around the Diamond is going to go on a little bit of a hiatus before I uh, buy a little bit of the equipment. So, over the, over the next month, I'm going to be putting uh, together Best of Around the Diamonds. That will air on CKDJ 107.9, but, I mean... Today's show is the show for the ages. The last show of the... It's the season finale, episode 55. (laughs) Corey, I mean, it doesn't get any better than this, especially for the guests that we have planned next. Tim Dillard will join us next for half an hour, a little over half an hour, to talk about his Major League career and more. Yeah, an unbelievably entertaining guest, a really cool character, a guy who's uh, been around. uh, He's been around the minor leagues, very charismatic guy, um, played four years of Major League Baseball and is still holding on to the dream, is still trying to get back. And uh, was was a, an absolutely brilliant conversation with him. And uh, you know, you talked about it. We talked about we talked with him for almost forty minutes. 
I think we could have easily gone over an hour with him, and and I, I the next time you uh, you have him on around the oh, diamond, maybe have... maybe I'll have to come down to Toronto when you guys meet down. <laughs> well, I'm I'm hoping I get a chance to meet him. Of course, he is on the the Brewers minor league roster right now. He's in big league spring training right now, uh, just finishing up a couple exhibition games. And with the the trend that the Brewers are going with, maybe it's it, they value not only his social media presence, which he does have. He's very active on social media. He makes a lot of funny uh, videos on Instagram and. Twitter, but maybe they value his clubhouse presence, which I feel is something that they do value him for because they have released him twice and they brought him back twice. Well, we talk about that all in the interview and uh, it was a really good conversation with him and you know, he, he's putting himself in those people's minds, and uh, and he put himself in our mind for sure because, um, yeah, that was, that was an excellent interview with him. Of course, you can find the podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud at Around the Diamond. Subscribe and uh, give us a download. Give us a listen if you uh, plan on checking out some past episodes. This one is a show for the ages. By far, our best guest lined up, uh, Mr. Tim Dillard, will uh, join us next. And just to go through some of his milestones, four seasons in the big leagues with the Brewers, a career a 470 ERA in the MLB, uh, was part of a really good Milwaukee team from 2009 to 2012. Uh, he has his own baseball blog at timdillard.wordpress.com. He talks about some of his prior experiences in the minor leagues and some of his uh, favorite stories, which we will touch on uh, later in the show. He also has a uh, pretty good minor league ERA at 3.85. And uh, interesting enough, he played in the Indy Leagues in 2013 for Lancaster and I believe in 2012 as well. Uh, but uh, definitely... Uh, a guy that uh, that I'm looking forward to having on this show another time because he was just uh, that much of a character. And, I mean, he just joked around the whole time. Yeah, he was great. When we called him, he didn't answer at first. And his uh, <laughs> his answering machine is just a Darth Vader voice saying, this is Tim Dillard's answering machine. So he's he's a character. He was um, he was really really fun to talk to. Like you said, been all around baseball, and uh, and he was a great guy. And before we wrap things up, I want to thank Art Charles for hooking me up with Tim Dillard. He's currently at Big League Spring Training with the Milwaukee Brewers. He joined us uh, in December at the the Christmas Eve edition of Around the Diamond, and it was really nice uh, to talk uh, with Art then. And you know, since then, Art and I have been able to connect a few times uh, back and forth, and he hooked me up with Tim Dillard, and I'm very happy to be joined uh, with Tim Dillard. He will join us next our interview with Tim for the second half of the show and you're going to want to stay tuned for that he's going to talk about his time with the Milwaukee Brewers in the major leagues and also about the minor leagues and about his uh, blog and social media you're listening to episode 55 of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079 it's the season finale Tim Diller will join us next Hey, this is Tim Dillard, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 55 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Once again, I'm your host, Diamond Dante. Alongside me to my right is Corey Mess. Again, you can find the podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud at Around the Diamond. Joining us for this segment is Milwaukee Brewers pitcher Tim Dillard. And over the course of 15 professional seasons tim has so far played four seasons in the big leagues with the brewers making his major league debut in 2008 against the washington nationals outside of baseball tim is also known for his very uh uh colorful blog and uh, for his social media videos and posts tim welcome to around the diamond and uh, i guess welcome to canada yeah thank you i didn't have to have a passport to uh 
to do this show, actually. But Welcome to Canada day. virtually. <laughs> Yeah, virtual passport. Hey, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to talk to you, Tim. And uh, funny enough, I found out about you when you did that video with a very good friend of the show, a good friend of mine, Art Charles. Uh, were you the director behind that whole video? Because uh, over the last few years, you've been known for your social media. Of course, you are verified on social media, not just because uh, you are a Major League Baseball player, but because uh, you are known to put out these cool posts and videos. So uh, were you kind of the director behind that video with Art Charles uh, singing uh, Don't Let Me Down? Yeah. Yeah, usually I am the director, um, but I like to appear in my own films. But that particular one, I had a look that I wanted to go for, so I needed I needed people besides me to act in it. Um, and I actually just walked in the clubhouse and was like, hey, I need, a, I need a pitcher and I need a catcher and a couple of people and someone to play the umpire. And people started volunteering. And I, <laughs> When I gave it to Art, I was like, listen, man, do you think you could sing this song while you're on the mound like a pitcher? And he took a few seconds and was like, ah, yes, I can do that. And I believed him. I was like, all right, you got the part. <laughs> now, talk about your, your social media, your Twitter account, your blog, your Twitter account now, over 15,000 followers. Uh, you post dub really? uh, smash videos. Yeah, you're, you're getting up there. You're, <laughs> you, you post dub smash videos regularly. Um, talk about kind of what that's been like over the last few years, kind of getting this extra attention just because of that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it would blow up the way it did. This is the kind of stuff we would do in the clubhouse and just not film it. You know, like we we speak in movie quotes. Uh, we you listen to music all the time. You know, there's all sorts of stunts going on and fun things. And you know, I I started filming some of it and I would run it by you know a trainer. <laughs> hey, can I post this? And they'd be like, Yeah, I think that's cool. And then stuff would get a little edgier. You know, and I'd be like, Well, I'd go to the manager. Hey, can I post this? And they'd be like, Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so. You know, the, the Brewers, they trust me, and they know that I'm not going to make anybody look bad. And at the same time, I'm not going to put anything on there that's, um, you know, I don't know, not rated G or PG. You know, I'm sure. not going to put anything too too, too bad on there. And uh, anyway, that's given me a lot of freedom to just, you know, kind of show some personalities on the team. Here with Tim Dillard of the Milwaukee Brewers, current pitcher on the uh, the roster with Milwaukee in, in big league spring training. And I believe you're talking to us, uh, well, at least I saw on your Twitter account that you posted a picture at Miller Park. But I want to go back to when you started doing the, the social media, uh, Tim. Was it maybe knowing that you had a following once you got to the major league that, you know, when you got to the big leagues in 2008, 2009, going into the 2012 season, uh, Twitter was and Instagram was starting to uh, get a little bit bigger. Players were having social media and a lot of fans were following. At that point, did you know, like, hey, maybe I can make something out of this? You know, I didn't know anything about Twitter until about 2011. Wow. And I was in a locker room next to Niger Morgan and John Axford. And they both had Twitter. And uh, every day I had one guy, you know, saying, like, laughing and posting this. And another guy was laughing and posting this. And, you know, I was telling him, maybe you shouldn't post that kind of stuff. And, you know, it was kind of fun that I was, like, trying to help him out on, on how it worked, even though I didn't know how it worked. I just know that you, there's some things you shouldn't put out there and some <laughs> things that maybe you should. And um, But I, I was like, I'm never going to do this. I was like, I didn't really think that it was going to jive with, you know, playing baseball, and I just wasn't really interested in it. My wife's the one that actually told me I, I should probably do it. I was jobless at the time, and she said, you know, if you ever want to, you know, do something in the future, you need to make contacts, and this could be the way to do it. But 
she uh, she probably regrets that now. <laughs> well, 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 at that point, Tim, you mentioned a pretty familiar name, not only Niger Morgan, who I remember growing we, up. We also love Niger Morgan in Canada because he played junior hockey. He did? <laughs> yeah, he did for the oh, Regina yeah. Pats. Oh, yeah. He was awesome. And so another, uh, you you managed to play with a Canadian guy in John Axford, and and you know it's funny that you mention his name because uh, when I first got on Twitter, he was one of the first people I ever followed on Twitter because he had a really good Twitter account and he was known for the nice mustache. Yeah, his mustache is uh, phenomenal, right? So he, you know, when he started doing that, he would um, you know run everything by me, and so I, I like to I like to help him out you know, in, in doing stuff. But he was one of the first people I knew that was on Twitter. And as far as I knew, it was Twitter was had just started. Even though it had been around for three or four years, I thought it had just started, and he was one of the first guys. Because I think baseball, somebody in baseball actually asked him and LaTroy Hawkins to kind of spearhead this whole, hey, we're going to try to have a social media presence. And uh, to me, I, they couldn't have found two better guys. So, yeah, I love Axford. He's, he's an awesome dude. Now, last year for for you, Tim, you played AAA baseball in Colorado Springs, a seven and one record, um, and and I saw a story where kind of at the end of the season you you didn't get that call up um, uh, by the Brewers um, uh, to play baseball, but you actually got a call up to to do some social media stuff with them and to to go up there and have fun. What what was that like? That must have been a, a little strange for you. <laughs> yeah, it was strange. I uh, I was driving home. And uh, one of the social media people here uh, was giving me an idea for a video. And I was like, listen, I'm in the car. I'm driving home. Season's over. I was like, I don't have a cast and crew anymore. But I was like, if you want to call me up to the big leagues to make videos, I'll totally do it. <laughs> About three hours later, I got a call. And they were like, hey, we want, to, we want to call you up to do social media. And I was like, I don't even know what that means, but I'm in. I didn't consult my wife. I just said, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> But it was basically, they were like, hey, you know, just, would you have any ideas? And I said, well, can I do this? And they were like, yeah. I was like, can I do this? And they were like, sure. Can I do this? They're like, that sounds dangerous, but absolutely. <laughs> so they basically let me do whatever I wanted. Um, and so, like, I had the coaches, you know, in the dugout laughing. I slid down Bernie's slide. I ran around Miller Park. Oh, my God. Um, I got the, our GM in a dub smash video. I got our owner in a dub smash video. I climbed a rock wall. I hosted one night. I mean, it just anything that they wanted me to do, I was just, you know, I I volunteered and, you know, tried to spearhead every idea I could. And uh, it seemed to resonate. You know, they said they had a really good time and they thought it went really well over with the city of Milwaukee. So I, I told them I want to be the first guy that watches a game in the press box in September and then actually pitches in a game <laughs> on the field the next year. <laughs> And, of course, here with Tim Dillard of the Milwaukee Brewers talking about his uh, colorful personality and, of course, uh, being called up to the Brewers not to pitch but to actually uh, run social media. You were speaking about getting the owner and the GM involved. Did you get John Hart involved at all? Um, I don't think so. I got uh, David Stearns. He's the um, general manager. And I got uh, Mark Antanasio, who is the, I guess, the principal owner of the team, which is very rare, you know, like they, they just happen to be there towards the end of the season because of certain, you know, I don't know, meetings and things like that. So to get to, get, to find them and get them on board, <laughs> I'm surprised I still have a job. Well, and, and Tim, you talk about it. You're you're making the, the coaches laugh. You're, you're around the players. You're making them laugh. Do you maybe think this is kind of going in the back of their minds and they're like, oh, this was a really good guy to have around. And this year, when you're trying to get back on that team, that's maybe something that's in their minds. Yeah, you know, if you if you ever watch the show Seinfeld, 
there's an episode where George Costanza starts whispering his name to people, and he's like, Costanza. So <laughs> I feel like being up there in September, I was like, Dillard. So, <laughs> you know, maybe they maybe they couldn't forget it. And uh, anyway, I couldn't believe, uh, you know, the way I've been treated. They've treated me amazing. They brought me over from the minor league side to the big league side during spring training uh, about 18 times. And, uh, and also for me to come to the exhibition games here, in Milwaukee, it just shows that, hey, we've seen what you've done, um, you know, on, on the mound. You know, they, they're taking that serious. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's been some times when maybe I'm not taken as seriously as I'd like to be, probably because I goof off too much. But <laughs> on the mound, I'm serious, I promise. And, and it comes with the territory, I guess. But the um, <laughs> you talk about the good relationship that you have with the Brewers, and you've been released twice by the Brewers. So do you kind of see that as, well, that's part of the business, and they've treated me well, and maybe that's why you've gone back? Yeah, I mean, it's it's baseball's a tough business anyway. And you, even at an early age, watching my dad, he was a player and a coach. Um, there's no loyalty in baseball. That's what that's what the saying. That's how the saying goes. But for me, I would have to say there is, you know, some loyalty in baseball. And every facet that I've, you know, been around, just being with the Brewers. I mean, all the clothes that we have at my house, my three kids, my wife, we all wear Brewer stuff. That's we just have it dating back to however long. Yeah. You know, and each time I'm not with the Brewers, we're thinking we're going to take all these clothes and we're going to throw them away. And then all of a sudden I'm back <laughs> with the Brewers. So we're like, no, 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 get them out of the trash. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, we got bumper stickers, we got, you know, hats, you know, everything. So, you know, it's I, I didn't know much about the Brewers before I signed with them and or before I was drafted by them in 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've had ties with with their personnel since 2001. And so, I mean, it's family, you know, and it, to, to, to come up with the. The career thinking, yes, I'll be with the same team for years and years is ridiculous. You know, you feel like that happens to Cal Ripken Jr. and Ryan Sandberg, but yeah. who am I, you know? <laughs> when we come back, Tim Dillard, current Major League pitcher with the Milwaukee Brewers, will share some more stories about his time with the Brewers organization, and he's going to tell us a very funny story about how he actually got mistaken for another player and signed a whole bunch of baseball cards with his name on that on a different player's baseball card. That's coming up next on the season finale, episode 55 of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. This is Reggie Abercrombie. Listen to my boy, doing an interview with my boy on Around the Diamond. Joined here with Tim Dillard of the Milwaukee Brewers live on Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9 Diamond Dante alongside Corey Mess. Again, you can find the podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Uh, and of course, uh, Tim, we're speaking about your social media. And just to kind of wrap that up, I looked at your uh, social media picture and it's got a mix of not only yourself doing different faces, but different actors. Where did you kind of come up uh, with uh, with that kind of social media image to to put out there to the public? And uh, did you make it, or did you have someone else make it? No, I, I like to dabble in some of the the computer stuff and make pictures. And um, but you know, I think there's like nine photos on there, yeah. but they all date from you know different parts of the year over the past I don't know maybe ten years. Um, there was, there was one where I was pretending to be Harry Carey. There's one where I was in uh, Venezuela. I grew a big mustache in Venezuela. They called me Bigote. So some people are going to know me from, from that, um, like maybe the Venezuelan community. Um, I tried to go for like a dumb and dumber, you know, uh, yeah. 
Ace Ventura <laughs> type <laughs> pictures. And uh, one of them, I was shaving my beard and I left it a mustache. One of them, I was shaving my beard. I made, I turned it into an Amish beard. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, I have fun with it and just know that, you know, I'm a human being too who likes to goof off <laughs> and don't take myself too seriously. And we could tell that from the way that you're talking on this show. And, of course, Tim, one of your pictures of the nine uh, that are listed in that collage, uh, you have your full beard with a toucan, and I had to look closely because I thought that was Jason Mott. I thought that was Jason Mott in the picture, who you probably know pretty well from playing against him, and he was one of my favorite pitchers. Yeah, Jason Mott was, uh, we were in the fall league together in 2007 out in Arizona, and I actually saw him in Colorado Springs during a game last year. He uh, was looking at a, I think was seeing a doctor, and he was there with his uh, with his wife and child, and like they came back behind the bullpen. So like during the game, I went over there, was giving him a hug. <laughs> but yes, that's a very moderish uh, beard. That guy is a that guy's a great dude. I saw him actually this spring training after he pitched, and he looks healthy to me, and he looks ready to go. So when he's on, man, he's tough. He's tough out there. One of the best with the fastball, cutter, everything. <laughs> One of my favorites. Oh yeah. <laughs> he was a catcher too. Oh really? He was. Uh, he, my dad actually coached him when he was a catcher, and I think as a pitcher as well. Now, Tim, you, you talked about growing your mustache in Venezuela, and you know you've played in in Venezuela. You've played in the Atlantic League a couple times. We we cover the Ottawa Champions here. We we see independent baseball pretty up close. Talk about the just experiences you had in independent baseball, trying to get back to uh, to affiliated ball and maybe the majors. Well, I didn't know much about it going in. Um, I, I had the same hang-up that maybe a lot of players do that have been in affiliated ball. Like they think it's, they think it's probably not as competitive or it's not as professional or whatever the case is. For some reason, that's kind of your thought process. And um, so I went in going, I'm, you know, I'm going to make the best of this. I don't know what to expect, but I'm very open-minded um, and and was ready, you know, for for whatever came up. And when I got there, I realized it is very competitive. Almost everyone in the clubhouse had probably played in the big league, you know, and everyone else has been a seasoned vet. Through you know playing in the minor leagues or playing in other independent leagues, and so the team I was on was in Pennsylvania, the Lancaster Barnstormers, and we were actually—I uh, don't think we won the league that year, but I was only there a month. Oh. But in that month, what I realized was how much, how important it is, and how special it is to have a uniform and and to be able to be around the clubhouse because that's a very special thing. And when you're out in independent ball, you think nobody's watching you, so you. <laughs> You know, it, it, it may seem lonely on that in that regard, but I called the Brewers before I went, and I said, listen, actually I called about seven teams, and I said, before I go, you know, before I go play independent ball, I want to let you know exactly where I'm going to be and my phone number so that when you need a pitcher, I'm there. And I was there about a month, and the Brewers picked me up. Amen. I mean, you're, you're preaching to the choir right here because uh, Corey and myself, well, Corey, this is now, you were around the independent leagues for two years. Mm-hmm. I was around the league for one year and uh, I was actually a host family, so I've seen it. I've, uh, I've, uh, I, you know, I've seen what the players go through on an every everyday basis. And uh, obviously, what you just said sounds very familiar for another major league, former major league player that currently plays in the Atlantic League uh, right now that came on this show, Antoine Richardson, who was one of the only Bohemian players to ever make the major leagues. I don't know if you've played against him wow. or seen him, but uh, he uh, he came on my show back in October, and he and he said to the guys in the outfield, "Hey, you know, listen, we're complaining about the spread and how much we're." making but we have to be you know grateful that we're wearing a uniform and we're playing the game that we love and it seems that you carry that on your shoulders as well well I, I think what you find is that all the little things that used to be a big deal are not 
you know, you, you, what I got in independent ball was that there's no egos. Everyone was there to say, hey, let's just beat the crap out of this other team and show how good we are and have a good time doing it. And, and I, you know, everywhere I've been, I've picked up a little something. I've played in Mexico, independent ball, Venezuela, but everywhere I go, I always pick up a little something. And, you know, just the appreciation of the game and the respect of the game uh, that you find at these different places, you know, you don't always get in the minor leagues because, you know, there's certain guys in the minor leagues that have always done well in high school and college. They come into pro ball, they do well, and they've just never had that struggle. So for them, baseball is like, oh, I've just, this is what I know. And it's, they, they, it's easy to take it for granted. And so that's, that's what I've learned over the years is how special it is and how you have to take care of it and respect it. Now, Tim, you talked about before you went to, um, to the Barnstormers in, in the Atlantic League, you, you kind of put, your, put your, your name out there already. You had gotten your number out there. And I saw a story about how before last year you, you went to winter meetings just with your, your name and right-handed pitcher on a business card, and you gave it out to everyone you could find. And, and was that, again, just you trying to get your name out there? Well, it was in Nashville, and I live in Nashville, so okay. uh, during the winter meetings, I just printed up, like I was thinking about it. I was like, how do I get my number to somebody? <laughs> and, you know, if, if I, I don't want to ask a, you know, a GM or a, a head coach, you know, say, hey, can you get out your phone and take my number down? So I thought, well, I'll just write it on a piece of paper. But then I was like, the piece of paper during all these meetings and stuff, gum, gum is going to end up being in that piece of paper. <laughs> it's going to be in the trash. So I went to like Office Max or whatever and got some just, you know, cardboard type paper and just printed out my name and phone number, put RHP on it for right-handed pitcher and, uh, you know, just cut them out and stood at the same spot for um, seven hours each day for three days. Now, Tim, and I just passed them out to anybody that walked by. <laughs> and it sounds like a pretty good idea. It seems like something that I should do maybe with this show or, or try to do something in terms of work because it's it's been an idea that I've thought of, and now you're motivating me to do it. Of course, at 19 years old, I, I pretty much got, I, I got to get my name out there, right? And uh, and based off what you did, did you put you know maybe your baseball reference page on it or something like that? Or were you hoping that they would search you up? You know, I was just hoping for a chance. I was like, I just need my foot in the door, you know. And and I, I was telling him, I'm not looking for a big league job. Don't bring me to big league camp. Bring me to minor league camp. Let me show you what I can do. Let me showcase myself. And if you don't think you need me, then get rid of me. But I, I, I can, I feel like I can show enough where I can go, hey, you know, or they can say, hey, this guy can play uh, in one of our affiliates. And then, and then hopefully climb the ladder after that. And I had a lot of great conversations with a lot of great people. Uh, met a lot of people. And there was a lot of people that wanted to help. And, and the, that time of the year, though, is really hard. It's really hard because everything is determined off what they're going to do off a lot of those moves. And so I was actually looking for something for the next week or so before Christmas. Hey, can I get a call? Can I get a job before that? Yeah. Um, and the Brewers were funny. The first day I saw them, they were telling me, listen, we can't promise anything. We're actually not even looking to, you know, for six-year free agents right now, so sorry. But at the end of the three days, they were like, hey, we possibly could have something in the works, so <laughs> stay around. And I'm like, that's all I am. I'm just around all the time. 
joined here with uh, Tim Dillard of the Milwaukee Brewers. You can fi- uh, find him on Twitter at uh, Tim Tillard. I believe it's with a T, uh, not with a D, <laughs> but uh, maybe some of the tidbits that you, that you bring uh, to the scene. But uh, you talked about earlier uh, about uh, what you bring to the field, and I'm interested to know, of course, you do throw sidearm. You, I believe you started off over the top, then moved down uh, to a lower angle. Can you take us through your delivery over the last few years and the kind of pitches that you throw? Yeah, so my first seven years in pro ball, I was uh, more conventional over the top, and I made it to the big leagues in 2008. I was throwing around 95, 96 with a 90-mile-an-hour slider, so I was like, man, I'm pretty good, right? (laughs) And uh, (laughs) um, the next year in in camp 2009, I was one of the first guys sent down. They wanted me to be a starter. I had done really well being, you know, in in the pen, and they said, well, we need starters. Can you go be a starter? So I went and tried to be the best starter I could. They called me up in 2009 and put me in the bullpen and so I was kind of going back and forth and I it was like I could never find my niche like I just they couldn't tell if I was a reliever a starter they couldn't tell what you know what kind of player I was and it was really tough on me because I didn't know what kind of player I was so in 2010 I got into spring training and they said listen you know we took you off the roster 29 other teams passed on you it's time to reinvent yourself and so they took me out on the mounds and they said we want you to throw sidearm which was, you know, kind of interesting. I was actually thinking if they say knuckleball, I'm leaving, right? Like, I'm not, I can't do that. I was like, but sidearm, I was like, well, you know, we'll see. And so I threw a bullpen and it was okay. And they were like, well, what do you think? And I was like, well, whose idea was this? Why do you want me to do this? And they said, well, we think you're a big, strong kid. And we think this can be your, you know, the niche that you've been looking for. And I looked over and one of my favorite pitching coaches that was there, Stan Kyles, he came up and said, Diller, this just fits your personality. He's like, you, you should have been left-handed, but you're not. So now you should throw sidearm as a righty. And I was like, that makes perfect sense. So, you know, I embraced it. There's no instruction manual for sidearm. I can promise you that. And so I basically did trial and error for the last however many years. And the last few years, I feel like it's actually been my best ever in baseball anywhere um, because I feel like I finally come up with how I pitch, what pitches I throw, and, and, and how to get lefties and righties out. But I throw standard little – Frisbee curveball, it's about 72 miles an hour, and I throw a fastball that's about 88, and then I got a little change-up sinker. So nothing too flashy there. And, of course, here with Tim Dillard of the Milwaukee Brewers, now we're talking about uh, changing his delivery. It's funny that you talk about your delivery. There's been a few pitchers that have came on this show over the uh, year and a bit uh, that I started this show profiling uh, players, minor league players, and, and a few major league players. Uh, you're one of the few major leaguers that have came on the show. And, and Tim, uh, this one guy who actually taught me in high school, Mike Kasavich, is a local guy from Ottawa. He started off over the top, was a top prospect in the uh, Rockies organization, and then he went down to sidearm from the left-handed side. And he said to me that one of the biggest things was how his velocity dropped. And you mentioned you're throwing 96 from over the top, and then all of a sudden you're throwing 88 sinker balls from the sidearm. Was that something that kind of went through your head when saying, ah, maybe I don't want to be a sidearm pitcher because I'm not going to be able to blow people away with my fastball? Yeah, that was, you know, I thought if I can throw pretty hard sidearm, you know, because they say if you throw 90 sidearm, it looks 95. Really? You know, it, okay. is, it is a different angle. Guys don't see it that well. And so I was like, well, if I can throw hard from there, I think it would be a, a really good thing. They they actually, the Brewers at, the, at first really didn't care about velocity. They wanted me to go for angle, kind of more like a like a Brad Ziegler. Nice. You know, but to me, that's more submarine, and I don't think I could have done that. Like, just physically wise, I mean, that's just out of my realm. And I thought, well, if I can keep my hand on top of the ball, 
you know, I, I feel like I can still control it and still throw hard. And so that's why I go as low as I do, because any lower, my hand's not on top of the ball. And I feel like after that, you're not really going for velocity. You're just going for, you know, technique and try to get guys swinging at weird pitches. And I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't think I could be that guy. And so, I, you know, I just, and I, my first year, I would pick up the baseball. I'd go on the mound and throw it as hard as I could. That was about the extent of my knowledge of sidearm. So <laughs> apparently I did well enough for the Brewers to sign me back. And we talked about, you know, when you came in in 2008, you started over, uh, you started over the top, um, your, your debut, uh, May 23rd against Washington, you got a strikeout, but I heard a story that, you know, you've said that your debut was maybe it was special for you, but nothing crazy, but <laughs> it, it was the story after the game that, that kind of made it memorable. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was memorable all the way around and, um, but it was pretty, pretty basic. You know, some guys go out there and they have their outing and, you know, as a relief pitcher, that's really all it is. You face a hitter, you face, you know, face three hitters, you have an inning, whatever. And that's about it. And, uh, but my goal was to make sure it looked like I had done it before. Yeah. And that was probably the coolest thing was, uh, Jason Kendall was my catcher. And he told me afterwards, he goes, man, you just look like you'd been, you'd done it before. And, and that was my whole goal, you know, don't look like an idiot as well. So I guess I accomplished that, but I was walking back to the team hotel. I was with my wife and this guy was, this guy had a big notebook full of cards and he was like, Mr. Sheets, Mr. Sheets. And I was like, we had Ben Sheets at the time. And I was like, no, no. I was like, I'm not Ben Sheets. And he's like, Mr. Sheets, will you sign? I was like, I, listen, I was like, I'm, I'm Tim Dillard, man. I was like, I'm not Ben Sheets. And he's like, Mr. Ben Sheets, will you sign my card? I was like, my wife's like, what's this guy? Why can't this guy can't hear you? And I'm like, listen, my name is Tim Dillard. And she's like, he's like, Mr. Sheets, we just signed one or two. And I was like, all right, I'll sign. You want me to sign? And the guy was like, yeah. And so I just walked over there with a Sharpie. Or he gave me a Sharpie, and I just started writing Tim Dillard 48 on every one of his Ben Sheets cards. <laughs> Those cards <laughs> are probably valuable now. Like 14 of them. You know, he had like nine on the first page and flipped it over, and I signed, you know, however many more after that. My wife's like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I just feel like this guy is, you know wants me to sign these cards, so I'm doing it. <laughs> and, and it's funny you anyway. mentioned that because, I mean, I, I don't remember Ben Sheets looking at it all like you. He didn't have a beard. I don't know if you had a beard at the time. I didn't have a beard. I couldn't even, I don't know if I could have grown one at the time because, you know, that's that's been like nine or ten years. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, did, I felt like I didn't really look like him. But looking back, I think I did. We were just, we were both, you know, I don't know, white. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, really? Is that the extent of it? So, like, were you, you know, wearing like, Brewer stuff? Like, could he even be mistaken no, I, there? Well, I was wearing my jersey, and I actually picked up Ben Sheets' jersey on the way. No, we're just walking down the street. <laughs> and I was wearing jeans and a, and a collared shirt. <laughs> I mean, maybe with a Brewer's hat on. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, 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 but it was funny too. I uh, when I shared that story, I I, I uh, blogged it or whatever because you know I just thought that'd be kind of a fun story for people to know. Mm-hmm. No one's ever heard that story. But like two days later, I saw Ben Sheets um, on the big league side. I was going to back up a game from the minor league side. I walked in the door, and I just hear this Dilly, and I turn around, and I'm it's Ben Sheets, man. The guy's is 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 you know as strong as ever. Like walking in, I'm like, dude, you. You look like you're, you've been throwing bullpens. Like, are you <laughs> are you back? What's going on? He's like, no, man, but he was showing some uh, some kids around and uh, was taking them through the clubhouse and stuff. And he goes, hey, man, I'm so – he goes, I read your blog thing. And he's like, I just thought that was great. Thanks for including me. I'm like, Sheeter, I was like, you are in lots of stories, believe me. <laughs> 
special character. It seems like it because uh, I mean I'm I'm now have both pictures side by side <laughs> and I don't understand how you could think one is different. I mean, of course you're three inches taller than Ben, and my guess uh, at the time, I mean Ben was always known to be a bigger guy and uh, of course uh, a real good pitcher back in the day with Milwaukee, a first round pick. And you look at yourself, I yep. mean. I, I can't see the diff- I can't see the the relation between both of you at all. Well, some you know people say when you wear a hat you can't really you know you wear a uniform you know it's hard to you know tell people apart and I get that I wasn't trying to be rude in my youth I think I was just trying to you know stick it to that guy but <laughs> I apologize you know I'd, I'd apologize to him if I ever saw him but anyway I just thought it was kind of funny it is so, but there's funny. another sheet story. They were, uh, we were in uh, Chicago one year, I think it was 2008, and we're playing catch, and there's fans in the stands in right field, and they're just dogging us. I mean, and they're going down the line, too, with pitchers. You know, they were yelling at, I forgot who we had at the time, uh, Solomon Torres, and then we'd, you know, go down a little further, and it was like Manny Parra, and they're like, you know, they're, but they're talking about everything. Like, they're talking about, you, you know, all the bad stuff. They're using the bad language. They're talking about your mom. They're talking about all this stuff. They got the sheets, and they were saying some pretty awful stuff. And the reason I was kind of paying attention is because I was next. You know, they were talking about sheets, and they're like, they were good. If these people are heckling us in order, I'm next. And so I was like, oh, no, what are they going to do? What are they going to say about me? But they were dogging him so bad. I was like, man, I would totally throw a ball in the stands or yell or something. But he didn't do anything. And then they got to me, and they're like, Dillard, you, well, we've never heard of you, but you probably suck. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take, I'll take that. I got off the hook easy. But later on, we were in the clubhouse, and I was like, uh, I was like, hey, Sheets. I was like, man, I can't believe you didn't yell at those guys that were, that were heckling you in the outfield. And he was like, who are you talking about? I was like, all those people that were, that were yelling bad things at us. You didn't hear that? And he was like, huh? No, I, wouldn't. I didn't hear anything. That guy had so much focus and intensity that even when he was out you know, playing catch, he was, he was unaware of what was going on around him. And that's pretty special. That's very hard to, hard to emulate. I can promise you that. Now, you talk about um, uh, kind of Ben Sheets. He, when he saw you that day, he had kind of seen your blog. Do you um, <laughs> do, do you feel like you kind of follow old teammates and things like that, guys who you've been around, or, or are there certain guys who you know, you've gotten really close with over the years with the Brewers? Yeah, I mean, I keep up with a lot of guys. Almost anybody that's come through the the system, anybody that I've I've played with, I keep in touch in certain forms and fashions. Like whether now I have Twitter, but there's people on Facebook, and you know, if you just around the Brewers long enough, they, the people are around. Like the other day, I got out of a game, I walked in the club, or I walked in the dugout, and Jim Gantner was there, and I mean, he's a Brewers legend, and I was just, I didn't even know he was there, but he he said he didn't recognize me with the beard. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I'm going incognito. But, you know, you see Robin Yount, which I didn't play with these guys, but, you know, they would come every spring or they would show up in the big league locker room. And so, I mean, you're talking about not even being just friends with your teammates. You're talking about being friends with, um, you know, players that have played, uh, the, you know, the executive side of things, um, the, the clubhouse attendants. You're talking about equipment managers, bat boys. I mean, there's, there's so much that goes on uh, for a major league team. Uh, top to bottom. Yeah. And, you know, when you get in that and you're in it as long as I am, yes, you have friends in every aspect, but not just teammates. Stay with us, folks, because Tim Diller will join us to finish off episode 55 of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079. And he is going to tell 
some more stories, not only about Ben Sheets, but also about um, some past guests that have came on this show that he's had a little bit of problems with. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. It's coming up next to finish off the second half of the show. It is the season finale, Ottawa's baseball show around the diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Hey, this is Milwaukee Brewers' Art Charles, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Of course, uh, Tim Dillard of the Milwaukee Brewers is here with us on Around the Diamond. And uh, Tim, uh, I I looked uh, online a little bit, and I saw that you had a little bit of a story with Reggie Abercrombie, who is a colorful man uh, just like yourself. And and, and I'm sure you already remember the story, but Reggie actually came on our show uh, back in, I believe it was November, and and boy, I mean, I was going to pull my hair out right after I was done the interview with the guy. Listen, great guy and everything like that, really <laughs> funny guy. No, yeah, it was. he was with, um, he was in Round Rock, Texas. I think he was with the Astros at that time. Okay. And it was 2009, it was towards the end of the year. It was actually my last start of the year. I was on the roster, and so I had a chance to get him called up because I had pitched pretty well that season. And the last game of the year was in Round Rock at their place, and in the first, I think, maybe two innings, three innings, I'd given up uh, about two runs, you know, and I was getting out of trouble every inning. And I went and pitching that well. And it's a really tough place to pitch in because it's a, it's kind of hitter-friendly. And uh, there was a lot of fans heckling me. <laughs> I get heckled a lot. So. <laughs> you know, but it was, it was a hot, sweaty night, and I was just like, man, I need to come up with something. Because Reggie had already had two hits off me. He hit my uh, changeup, and he had hit my sinker. And so this is when I was over the top. And, you know, I, I, I was like, I got to show this guy something different. I'm going to throw a slider next time. So I got him two strikes and his third at bat, and I threw a slider, and he just hit a absolute rocket off my throwing hand. Like, I didn't try to – like, I didn't try to catch it. It caught me. Like, I, I didn't even know what happened, but I knew I was hurt. And so I let out a scream, probably not the mainliest scream that you could <laughs> scream, but it rolled off to the mound, you know, off to the side. I picked it up and tossed it to first base and uh, got him out and then just started running towards right field. Like, <laughs> because I, was, I didn't know what else to do. I was in pain. And I, I the, you know, trainer came out, manager came out and I, I mean, my hand was already swollen. It was purple. And they were like, are you all right? And I'm like, man, I'm hurt. I was like, I'm tough. I'll stay out there if, you know, if I can, but I was like, this, this, I'm hurt, man. This, this is killing me. And the manager was like, oh, you can tough it out. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So he leaves me out there. I'm like, this is unbelievable. This was probably like the third inning or fourth inning maybe. And so I'm out there. I'm like, I have to hit too, you know. And so I'm throwing my warm-up pitches, you know, to see if I can even pitch. And I'm I'm barely getting it there. I'm like, how does no one know that I'm just hurt? You know, I I feel like it could be broken. I don't know. But it was, I know what they were doing. It was, they were like, hey, you know, September's right there. This was this was August 28th, and they're like September 1st is right there. You got to be healthy, you know. Let's see if you can pitch through this. And so I ended up throwing like four or five more innings, and I pitched better with a broken hand or with a hurt <laughs> hand than I did when I was healthy. I don't know why that is, but I ended up throwing eight innings and only gave up those two runs I did in earlier. So I had a stellar outing, and then found out August 31st that my hand was broken with September 1st, you know, hours away. So. That might have been the reason I didn't get called up, but that also was the reason that when I signed back with the, the Brewers for 2010 spring, that led to the the uh, sidearm. So 
anyway, it's a it's a chain of events that has led me here to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Reggie Abercrombie now the independent league all time home run king. He's been he's been dominating. Uh, but uh, oh yeah, Tim, um, I, I saw on your blog that 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 story about Reggie Abercrombie, <laughs> and you basically talk about how different injuries in your career have given you different lessons over over your career, and and maybe put different things in your minds. What are some of those things, Tim? <laughs> yeah, man, I have. Um... Well, I learned in that particular instance, don't hang a bad slider. You know, <laughs> if you hang a good slider, you may get away with it, but you hang a bad slider, it'll, it'll come back at you. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I've had I've had a left shoulder surgery um, when I was in college, just because I swung the bat too hard was probably it. Um, I've lost a tooth, you know, from uh, you know pop ups in the air and not being boisterous enough about I got it, I got it. So I learned that lesson. Um, you know, I've broken fingers and maybe some toes, and I don't know. You just it, it, all of it makes you paranoid, and and I tell some of the younger guys this a lot. Like, just be paranoid. Be paranoid about where the ball is, what's going on, where your fielders are, and uh, and just you know be aware of what's going on. It, and it, it's a healthy paranoia. It's not the scary version, but it's a healthy paranoia of of just being prepared. And and those injuries have taught me how to prepare myself, you know, and and try to keep myself healthy. Um, throughout the seasons, I've actually never missed a start in 14 seasons. I've never missed a, a game due to injury. So I'm actually kind of happy about that. Even though I've had a bunch of injuries, but I've never missed a game. And now, of course, uh, Tim, we uh, we thank you so much for coming on the show. Tim Dillard of the Milwaukee Brewers here with us on Around the Diamond. Before we wrap up uh, uh, this interview with you, uh, Tim, I want to ask you about you know when you started to to do this kind of blog. And of course, uh, it's funny because now you're the third person that's came on this show that has a blog outside of baseball. I've spoke to uh, a few, an independent guy and, and a minor league guy who is a catcher with the um, with the Colorado Rockies, currently in Double A, who does a blog about you know traveling all over baseball in the independent leagues. He went and played in uh, uh, in Australia in, in in the league over there. So when did you feel like it was wow. uh, something that you wanted to do and, and start that blog and, and put it out there to the public? Because uh, uh, there's a few players that have went out and you know decided to write books about some of the stories, but you decided to do a blog. What made yep. you want to go down that path? In 2014, I got picked up uh, at an independent ball and was put in double-A with the Brewers. We were in Huntsville, Alabama. And I just realized I'm probably like seven years older than everybody in the clubhouse. So <laughs> um, I thought, well, maybe I got some wisdom. I can share some of these guys, you know, and, it, and maybe something will, will click with them so it, they don't waste a month or waste a year or, you know, waste a season you know, that maybe it's something they can figure out sooner. And so I felt myself kind of giving away this wisdom and knowledge, you know, whether they wanted it or not. <laughs> and uh, so I thought, well, I'm not, why don't I write it down? Like, just write it in a blog. And so basically the blog I came up with was, was four players in the clubhouse. You know, if they thought it was funny, then that was a success to me. And, you know, people outside of baseball have read it and they, they seem to like it, but it's actually written for players. You know, like, they, they, the terminology, like, they're going to get get it. You know, they're going to and, and come at minor league baseball from a positive standpoint. I, I, I know some of the books maybe you're refer, referring to and, yeah. you know, people, it's easy to dog the minor leagues and talk about how bad it is. Well, of course, if you say that the minor leagues are bad compared to the big leagues, big leagues is amazing. Everybody wants to be there, but the minor leagues is a necessary evil. You have to come through the system. That's how it works. I think maybe Catfish Hunter back in the day didn't play in the minor leagues. He went straight to the big leagues. But so unless you're Catfish Hunter, uh, you're probably going to play in the minor leagues. But it's how you look at it. What are you trying to do? Why are you there? 
And it's, you know, for me, it's all about being prepared so that let's say, hey, you do get called up, then what? You know, are you are you going to be scrambling around going, well, let me figure this out. I got to I'm not prepared, but it's preparing every moment like it's going to be me that goes up next. You know, how do I round out my game and be, you know, a good teammate, how to be a good teammate? How, do, how does baseball work? How do I look at it uh, day in and day out when it is a grind? You know, is it easy to complain or let's look for the good in all this? And that's what I really want to do is show the minor leagues, the players and say, listen, be grateful you're here. Embrace it. Love it enjoy it and play hard because winning is what matters. And I think sometimes it's easy for minor league guys to get away from that. 55 episodes, uh, Tim, this is now episode 55 and I have yet not to have a guest uh, as wonderful as yourself. Hey, listen, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show uh, from myself and Corey. It was a lot of fun talking to you, and I appreciate uh, you sparing, uh, ex- you know, sharing your experiences, not only in the minor leagues, but in the big leagues, because uh, it's something that uh, a lot of people should hear about, and maybe some players that are in the minor leagues to hear, hey, listen, maybe it's not that bad. And, and I thank you so much for coming on today. So it was it was uh, definitely really nice talking to you. At, uh, at Dim no, Tiller on Twitter to, as well. Yeah, happy to do it, Dante. Happy to do it, Corey. You guys are awesome. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to finish off the show. We want to thank Tim Dillard for joining us on episode 55, the season finale here in Ottawa of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. We will be back in a few. Corey and I will close off the show in a wonderful uh, year and a bit of doing this. Uh, You're going to want to stay tuned for that. We'll be back in a few. Hey, this is Edwin Jackson, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 55 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Again, I'm your host, Diamond Dante, alongside our co-host for today's show, Corey Mess. It's the season finale, and before we were talking with Major League veteran, current Milwaukee Brewers pitcher Tim Dillard and uh, a great talk with Tim and uh, mm-hmm. I look forward to maybe having him on the show uh, once again down the road. Of course, you can find his blog at timdillard.wordpress.com to find out some of his uh, colorful stories and you can find him on Twitter at Dill at, no. at Dim Tillard. His Dim, name, but Dim just rep- switch the D and the T. Of so. course, he's that kind of guy. At Dim Tillard. Really, uh, a really good Twitter account. Uh, um, unbelievable follow and, and it, very entertaining. Uh, give him a follow because he, he, I mean, he makes some pretty cool videos and it was really nice talking uh, with Tim Dillard. I hope to meet him uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers when they come to town on the 11th as, of course, I'm packing my bags, moving to Toronto. Uh, we'll touch on that uh, later on. Uh, short, uh, just shortly to start off the, the end of the show, um, Brady Aiken, just to kind of put this in perspective for the listener, um, in 2014 was a first overall pick by the Houston Astros Signed. Uh, I mean, the Astros offered him seven million signing bonus to sign first overall, and he turned it down. Then they offered him five million, and it kept going lower and lower. And then all of a sudden, Tim, uh, Aiken, who after he turned down the five million, had elbow problems, and then decided to go to college. When he went to college, he got injured, and then was eventually drafted again by the Indians, and then. Uh, is now having Tommy John surgery. And right now, people are saying it doesn't look like he's going to have a chance at the major leagues after he could have been pretty much set for life, taking that $7 million from the Astros, taken first overall in 2014. And I think it would have been something from talking to all the minor league guys that have joined us on this show, Corey. They have all said 
you got to take the money. You, you can't think about going to college first. I know your education's important. His family, they said that they wanted him to go to university or college. But at the end of the day, it didn't work out. And this is maybe one of the few people that this has happened to. But I think it's the first first overall pick that uh, that has really turned something down like this. Well, and, and firstly, another shrewd move by um, Houston Astros general manager Jeff Lundho. And he that's been a, a big um, uh, turnaround for him there. And they've had that interesting turnaround where they went to people and told people they were going to focus on young people. And so... Uh, he was kind of a a centerpiece of that rebuild for Jeff Lundho, but he was supposed to be, and and it didn't really work right off the bat. And you said that the players got to take the money, and it reminds me so much. Sorry to make this a basketball show, but it reminds me of people who complain about the one and done college players who don't like to see players who go one year to college and then go to the NBA. We saw high school players in the NBA kind of cut out at the beginning, yeah. and. And, you know, people don't like that, but if you're a player who's good enough to be taken first overall, you're good enough for a team to go out there and say, we want you now. Um, you've you've got to be able to take that and, and be able to support yourself and take that money oh. and 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 be able to pursue that dream and and instead he he waited it out you see a bad situation here and it reminds me so much of be, those nba players i wouldn't be surprised if he makes it in the indie, indie league someday of course if you're first overall pick you're good enough to play pro ball in general yeah. minor league a ball rookie ball and and he could still very well make his way back to the, the thing majors. is if you look at his numbers last year in the indians organization in rookie ball he was like one in ten with a seven ninety nine ERA. But also recovering from a Tommy John surgery. So he was recovering from elv elbow, elbow surgery. Elbow me. surgery. Now he's getting the Tommy John, which he should have had last year. Yeah. And I mean, this is like what Kyle Drabeck signed in the Atlantic League the other day, and it's the same thing that happened. In it's him. very similar. Like Kyle Drabeck was kind of rushed to the majors. It's a bit he of was. a different story. Um, but it's it, just in terms of. You know where they are after kind of where they started. It's uh, it's a very similar. Speaking story. of Kyle Drabeck, I spoke uh, to the general manager of the Bridge. Uh, no, sorry, not the. I believe it's the New Britain Bees. I'm. Who won the Atlantic League title last year? I'm trying to remember. Um, was it Bridgeport or was it New Britain? It no, was it was not. It wasn't those two. It, it was another team. But I, I spoke to the GM of the uh, Atlantic League about getting Kyle Drabeck on a show, and it's a possibility down the road. He said that uh, that he could definitely hook us up with uh, with Drabeck, so I'm, I would be excited to talk to Kyle because he's got a, a, a lot of good stories. Um, sorry, it's the uh, Sugarland Skeeters. That's who he signed with, Sugarland. They won last year, and Brett Lufner, a uh, friend of the show, actually uh, was the play-by-play uh, guy for them. But anyways, uh, just, uh, just moving on from that, I do think that you have to take the money. We've talked to a lot of guys on this show that have been drafted three times. Three times, yeah. and, and Tim Dillard, who we just talked to, was drafted twice. Exactly right, and I mean, you get drafted three times, and then, you know, a lot of the minor league guys that we've talked to that have played in the Can-Am League have said, "Yeah, you know what? I think at that point in my career, it was best to grow up." And maybe uh, Brady Aiken was thinking, "You know what? I need to grow up a little bit more. I need to get that degree just in case baseball doesn't work yeah. out." But when you're a first overall pick and you're getting seven million, I think it doesn't really matter. You can go. You could pay for your university with yeah. with. I mean, it's not even going to cost you a million. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter if you get the scholarship or not because you're still. You're. I mean, it's seven million, right? And 
Yeah, uh, I mean, and and now he he's definitely going to regret it. He's definitely going to regret it. And you know, it, it's it's like I said with that NBA player argument. There are certain guys who maybe decide to stay in college for the extra year and then get injured. This is that same thing where they had a chance to get that money, take it and go. They they've got to be able to take it. And with that, we uh, we are going to wrap up episode 55, the season finale of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. We want to thank Art Charles for getting our prior guest, uh, Tim Dillard, on the show. And we want to thank Tim for taking the time uh, this afternoon to join us on Around the Diamond. It was definitely a, a fun talk with Tim. I'm moving out to Toronto, so we're going to play some um, on CKDJ 107.9 uh, the podcast will still be up there, but uh, and but we are going to play some uh, prior episodes or some best of around the diamonds I've done. Uh, I can't even count. I, I always wanted to count, re- go back and look back, but I mean, I've I've done now 55 shows and I've probably interviewed, I mean, two people per show, so do the math. I didn't come into radio to do math, but definitely <laughs> a, a lot of people and there's enough people that, I, there's enough players that I can put back on uh for uh, for for you guys to for you to listen to but uh, again uh, a best of around the diamond comes in the next few weeks as i'm moving to toronto this weekend uh to finish off the show i want to thank some of the people that have helped out over the, the last year i want to thank Corey mess who is here with us now i want to thank mike p nellis or michael nellis uh for helping out with the show when it first started along with yourself i want to thank adron chambers he brought on some few guests and uh, edwin jackson one of my favorite uh, pitchers um, in in my in my you know childhood uh, joined us on the show and I felt like that was a, a real nice moment. Uh, I want to thank Daniel Cordero for hooking me up with uh, uh, some of his uh, buddies that he played with uh, not only last year but in the uh, Braves organization. Uh, Art Charles, I want to thank him for of course bringing on uh, Tim Dillard. I want to thank Andrew Cooper, uh, who is a current right-handed pitcher of the Ottawa Champions. I want to thank Austin Crisman, Albert Cartwright, Jason Coker, and, of course, uh, Kenny Bryant for uh, helping us on the show. And even uh, Brett Lufner, who has uh, joined us on the show a few times. I want to thank Taub Steeb. Uh, a, a few guys, as this is the season finale of Around the Diamond. And, Corey, it's been a lot of fun doing it here in Ottawa, and I'm going to take it to Toronto. And Dante, uh, um, on behalf of all those people, we want to thank you and all, everyone who listens to this podcast. Uh, thank you for the work you put in every week, the spotlight you put on independent baseball, um, and just how tireless you are putting together this show every week. So we want to thank you for uh, all the entertainment, all the hours uh, uh, that you've put in, and uh, wish you unbelievable luck this summer um, getting your Major League debut. <laughs> my, my big league debut. The 11th against Milwaukee. I'm going to see Tim Dillard there. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it's going to happen. It has to happen now. Maybe and like Charles. I said, like I said, I'll come down and we'll uh, we'll do a, a second uh, second do edition a, of the Tim Dillard interview. Another podcast. We also want to thank uh, before we go one guy that I, I can't forget, Scott MacArthur, who uh, uh, was a huge impact, a huge help in getting uh, my uh, my new gig with the Toronto Blue Jays. And, and I thank Art so much uh, for joining us on the show. Actually, I forgot thank Lachlan Fontaine he, he, with the Quebec Capitals. He's helped a few times uh, getting guys on the show. But again, uh, I want to thank yourself, uh, Adron Chambers and Michael Nellis, uh, quite a bit. That's going to wrap up episode 55 of Around the Diamond. It's the season finale on CKDJ 1079. Again, I want to thank everybody that has tuned in over the last year and a bit. We'll be back in a few weeks when I uh, when I figure out the situation in Toronto and, and get everything going there. 
uh, and then we'll have a whole new season of Around the Diamond in a different city and who knows maybe I'll take the show to another city and do another season but for Ottawa's baseball show Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9 we will see you when we see you thanks so much for all the support and we'll talk to you again soon